I think every single person in this locker room is a competitor at the highest level. So, yeah, when you feel as if your back's against the wall, you never have to feel like you got to do it by yourself. Under pressure, sacked by Quentin Williams. Got it. You look to your left and your right, you got guys out there with you that, that our whole point is to help each other. This one the Mims. That's Corey Davis climbing the ladder. To be able to go out and, and lead these guys, just to know how hard these guys work and how important it is to them, and then you get that chance to, to lead them. Everything that happened that needed to happen for us, it almost felt like kind of like a sign, like, Get like a second chance almost. Gets extra pushes, running left. Maybe a little extra life breathing the block. Touchdown Jets! Welcome to Talking Jets. My name's Ryan and I'll be your pilot tonight. I am joined alongside my co-pilots. I have Mr. Greenbean and Mr. Matt O'Leary. Greenbean, how you doing tonight? I'm good. I'm happy to be with you guys, man. A lot of traveling and everything, so I'm just looking to talk Jets with my pals. Oh, I love it. I love it. Matt, how you doing tonight? I'm doing good. We got, uh, it's, I don't know what season, it's still Aaron Rodgers season, but I feel like Jets Twitter is uniting and hating like the, the Packers fanboys who are now backtracking like crazy. So I can't wait to make fun of them for a couple hours on here with you guys. I absolutely love it. My two co-hosts are going to get a little frozen out right here. Uh, I have a poll question in the chat right now. I miswrote things and I don't feel like retyping it. So thank you, Pedro, for letting me know. How would you feel about two seconds for Aaron Rodgers? That is the rumored trade that Yahoo Sports put out about the New York Jets and the Green Bay Packers. So you guys can vote on that. The three options are love it, like it, wouldn't do it. Um, and if you guys have some other thoughts on it, leave it in the in the comments section right there in the live chat. Uh, for all you guys that are hopping in, make sure you hit that like button. For every 25 likes we get on this video, we're going to pick a t-shirt qualifier for our t-shirt giveaway at the end of this stream. We got 52 likes. We've already got over 200 people in here. So very much looking forward to you guys hitting that like button. Uh, and if you're watching this after the stream has already aired, all you got to do is leave a comment down below this video and you'll be entered into next week's t-shirt giveaway. So... Lots of fun ways that we can get into all this t-shirt stuff, Aaron Rodgers stuff. We got Elijah Moore stuff. Got a whole lot that we can talk about. So I think let's let's start at the uh, the the thing that happened after we met last time. The Elijah Moore trade. The Jets wind up trading Elijah Moore and a third round pick to the Green. Oh, not for the Green Bay Packers. To the Cleveland Browns for. Pick number 42 in the second round. That's about the difference in price of about pick, I think it was 66 or 69, somewhere in there, like an early-ish third round pick for Elijah Moore. So let's let's jump off there. Matt, how are you feeling about the Elijah Moore trade and the compensation? I understand why they did it, but I don't love it. Um, I was kind of looking forward to Elijah Moore in this system with a new offensive coordinator and a functioning quarterback. Um, I think he's an extremely talented player. Uh, you plug him in in the slot, and I thought he was going to have a really nice year. Now, I understand, like, both things could be true. Like, I could hate how he handled things in season, which I think it was terrible how he handled it. But also, I was willing to give him that second opportunity. 
after they signed me Cole Harbin, supposedly, you know, they started to get calls on Elijah and that's when they decided to move on. That's, you know, the story they're going with. Um, I don't love the compensation. It's essentially, like you said, a, a, a third rounder for a guy that they had a first round grade on two years ago. So I think that's a quick hook. Uh, but also the thing that I don't understand as well is you have a lot of people who are are cheering this and saying, yeah, we got rid of Elijah, the big malcontent, but then are like, I want to sign Odell Beckham, who is like OG malcontent. So like it, 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 something isn't adding up here. Again, I understand why they did it. They got the additional second. So that way, if they trade one of them, they'll still be able to pick in the first and second round of this year's draft class. I get it, but it's not my favorite Joe Douglas trade. Um, yeah. I guess we'll take it from there. Yeah, Greenbean, how are you feeling about the Elijah Moore trade? Well, first, I think it's funny because all three of us in last week's show landed on Elijah Moore being the most, uh, having the most potential to have a breakout year this year because yep. of Aaron Rodgers <laughs> and the whole thing. And we deconstructed it to a molecular level. And then he's fucking traded. It was like, oh, and I, you know, the next stream, I'm like, well, by the way, I didn't really mean I liked him. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm with Matt. Like I, I, you know, I don't love it. I don't because of the reasons that we said. I mean, I uh, I hate what he did. I will never defend what he did. It's wrong, uh, the way he did it, the timing that he did it. He ruined, uh, you know, all but ruined one of the first good times that we were able to have here, uh, and that's 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 bad, man. There, there's no right way to do it. But the rest of the season, he calmed down. He um. You know, he didn't really do anything, but very much. And he did a little bit, but it was like, you know, he's you know clearly a talented guy and we wanted to get to see him. He's our second round pick. We had excitement. So it would have been nice to see him. But uh, Ryan, a, a show I watch all the time, Jets Talk 24-7 with this guy, Ryan, put out that there's a potential that he asked for a second trade. So if that is the case in, in uh, March that he asked for a, a trade again, Joe Douglas did a great thing. It's not a bust if a pick you made, if you bring him in here, he's disappointing, and you can parlay him into another chance at a new player. That's not a bust. A bust is when you keep him here, you try to develop him for, for four years, they leave and they've given you nothing. That's a bust. So, you know, being able to do that, like I said, I didn't. I don't love it. I wanted to see him thrive here. But I got to give Joe Douglas credit, and uh, yeah, man, look, we get it. We get another second. If that's how we get Aaron Rodgers, great. If we get to pick three picks in the top forty-three, great. Uh, if we get two picks in the top, it, it's it's a very very positive move, especially with the addition of Nicole Hardman. Yeah, I think my initial reaction was was spot on with you guys. We we talked about it last week. We thought Elijah Moore was one of the breakout potential candidates this year with Aaron Rodgers and Nathaniel Hackett. And to see him get traded and a third round pick just to get a second round pick back, that felt like the first trade that I could confidently say, like, I feel like Douglas sold low on this one. And I, I didn't love that. I do understand the optics of like, okay, hey, if Elijah Moore ends up netting you Aaron Rodgers or ends up netting you a starting center that you have for the next five plus years or whatever, like 100% I'd sign up for trading Elijah Moore and, and you know, getting one of those assets like that. That makes a lot of sense. I just had a lot of hope for him because like Matt said, first round talent. I think there was uh, a hidden potential there that could have been unlocked. And when we're flirting with Odell Beckham Jr., you're thinking like, well, why would I want Odell when I could get Elijah Moore for, you know, about $2 million a year where you got to think Odell's going to cost you north of 5 to $10 million a year, assuming he's not going on a crazy, crazy contract. 
and I, I mean, I, I guess Odell is the the proven better player, but I just health wise, I don't trust him to stay healthy. Where Elijah Moore, I would have sat back and been like, wow, this guy's going to be available for most of the season, and if he's getting third or fourth looks, whatever it is, I don't really care. I knew it would probably be an issue with him, but you know, I was I was more irritated that I felt like we lost a really good player. And I don't think we got the compensation that would have um, maybe made me felt good about it. Um, now, like Green Bean alluded to, I did see a story on Jet Nation from uh, a random poster on there that was talking about being in a, a box suite and hearing someone like he's one of the attorneys hearing hearing an agent or whatever talk. And it's all it's all hearsay conjecture and whatnot. But. The, the gist of it was Elijah Moore requested a, a trade a second time. He realized when he went public the first time, it was a bad move. Went behind the scenes, told Joe Douglas, hey, Alan Lazard got signed. Uh, we're, we're talking with Odell Beckham Jr. You know, I see where this is headed. I would like to be moved, you know. I, I don't know what, what else could have been said, but he was probably going to, if he had those feelings, was going to hold out a training camp and it would have created a, a negative uh, impact both on the team and also in his trade value and his best trade value and best chance to get moved was to be a good soldier and then, you know, kind of do it the way he did it the second time. If if it's true, I, and look, that could be completely false, but it, it feels like that story seems like it, it could make sense. I, I didn't, it didn't shock me in any capacity. And the, the tail end of the, the whole article too, was talking about how Joe Douglas is reluctant to trade, uh, you know, draft picks, like specific players that he he deemed valuable. Valuable. Those are guys like Mekhi Becton, Denzel Mims, Elijah Moore. And teams have called about them, but we have wanted to invest into their future and continue to grow them. And that, that makes me feel good overall about our GM. I think there's, you know, certainly a conversation you can have with like, hey, if you've made a bad pick, it's better to cut your losses and move on than to continue investing in a bad pick. But they believe in their coaches and they believe in their staff to to develop these young players. So I guess, Matt, how did you feel maybe about losing Elijah Moore? Maybe the – do you think there was a lack of development from the coaching staff or was there any anything else that may have contributed to, to the angst that was going on with Elijah Moore? And, and how do you feel about the young players right now that may be underperforming that we've held on to? Yeah, that's a really good point because you – you know, we bring up the chances that Denzel Mims has gotten or, you know, uh, Braden Mann's been here for you know, how many years now at this point? Like some of his draft guys have gotten a little extra leash. So I was a little surprised that it, it seemed to happen so quickly. And, you know, like we brought up uh, with the post on Jet Nation, if something like that did really happen, then maybe this is a different story. I don't think either side is blame free in this, like for more. Mm. Uh, I, I think he absolutely was, you know, was pouting and the trade request was at an aw awful, awful time. Mm. I also hate how the Jets used him this year. Like, why was he on the Agreed. outside for most of the year? And then why was he, you know, why they have him running go, you know, go routes and getting down the field? Did he give up on routes at times? Yeah, he did. And that's not good either. He deserves to be called out for that. But that's not his skill set either. Like, he mm. should have been, you know, going over the middle of the field more in the slot, get the ball in his hands and let him do things in space. That's when he's at his best. So I think it's a mix of both, you know, sides. And who knows, maybe it is better for them to move on now. We each get a fresh start and they go from there. Yeah, I kind of understand that that logic too with, 
you know, oh, we're, the Jets aren't using him the right way. Because we, we felt that way about Denzel Mims. We felt that way about Elijah Moore. Felt that way to some extent about uh, Zach Wilson. Like I thought he should have been running some RPOs and, and utilizing some of those physical gifts that he had. And I, I, that's, I think that's part of the frustration too, right? Like it's the Jets weren't using him right. We have a, an experienced offensive coordinator coming in with one of the best quarterbacks of all time. And to just kind of watch that first round talent like go away <laughs> – is, you know, it, it sucks. It, I hate seeing it. Greenbean, any thoughts on, on what Matt and I are kind of going back and forth on here? As far as like, you know, giving up yeah, on, yeah. on young players or, you know, the development I'm aspect. I look, I really appreciate how well you do that. Like you make sure I hear what's going on. I, but I did hear this time. I was listening. I promise. <laughs> You're the best. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, I look, I, I will argue one point with Matt. Well, I do agree with him. I don't think Denzel Mims got any chances. I think Denzel Mims got fucked. That's what I think. I think Denzel Mims was getting was getting high roaded. But True. I do agree that Elijah, was, mm. you know what I mean. So I I don't, I don't look at Mims's situation as chances. I think he's really gotten a bum deal here. Um, but um, you know, right? I I think just like you just said, Ryan. One of the mm. the hardest parts to swallow is the fact that right we have an experienced coordinator who walked in, looked at you know it. He went. Okay, Mims. All right, that's my 50-50 guy. He can do. That's my slot. There's this disease. I got it. This, I I know exactly what to do with these guys. Where Lafleur, I don't know what he was doing. You know what I mean? Like Matt alluded to, or actually said, what was he doing on the outside? So it, it was very confusing. And there was a, a part to play with the Jets, but no other player on this team, at least as far as I know, told a coach to go f himself. Yelled, "You suck!" Had to be sent home, and then was deactivated for a week for behavioral like nobody else did that that all said i was into it too um i think you know the the contract is interesting too you know um it's it's unfortunate you think all right he's going to go for obj and who knows maybe because like you said ryan it's hard to depend on his on his health he's got two acl injuries he's 30 years old hasn't played when, when the season starts it'll be a year and a half uh, it's real hard to believe he's just, you know, he's going to make it 17 games and, and then maybe into the playoffs and, and Super Bowl if we get there. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, when you, the, the harder part is even OBJ is saying, I'm not taking four mil. So that's mm -hmm. four mil is already more than what is that? Two and a half times what Elijah Moore was making. So that's the mm -hmm. thing. I think it's really like, there's a lot there. I do buy even though it's unconfirmed, I buy that something else was there, like that article that, you know, with the lawyers and all that shit about him asking for another Whoa. trade. Even if that... Am Sorry, Justin Crazy. <laughs> I'll, I'll throw that up as soon as it populates. But dude, <laughs> sorry. He just dropped the $100 super right. chat. <laughs> wow. Go ahead. Go ahead. I thought I was frozen. I was like, I'm not going to talk anymore. Oh, you're, you're good. Hold on. Let me, let me throw Justin's super chat here. Boom! Big dick yeah, super chat. Right says will rogers be able to survive between uh behind our offensive line if we don't draft a tackle which side of the line uh would he start or if we do draft a tackle which side of the line would he start so yeah i, I think we heard some comments from joe douglas this week at the the owners meeting or i guess yesterday talking about how you know we're not there yet we're 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 trying to like continue to build this team and you you sit there and you're watching joe douglas and you're watching robert Sala, and they seem like they don't have a care in the world they are there's zero urgency to get this trade done like that's why the whole uh yahoo sports thing we'll get into that in a second with the two seconds felt like a very weird article to me 
Um, but yeah, can Rodgers survive behind this offensive line? And I definitely think he can. Clearly, we need the left tackle or, you know, a tackle. I won't call it a left tackle, we'll call it a tackle. We definitely need a center right now because we don't have one under contract. And then you have guys returning, right? You have Becton on the right-hand side with Max Mitchell behind him. You got Dwayne Brown on the left-hand side. And you got AVT and hopefully a reinvigorated Lake and Tomlinson. So I definitely think they're banking on Tomlinson trending back towards his norm and closer to that Pro Bowl self. That's why they restructured him to keep him here for these next two years. I think you definitely should target a a tackle at the top of this draft. I think it would make a ton of sense. I'm not too sure what other direction the Jets might go at 13. Like if, if there was a situation where all the tackles were gone, you know, maybe you go defensive tackle, maybe you go tight end in a very weird roundabout kind of way. Um, not that I, I necessarily would advise that, but I could see tight end uh, at least before wide receiver. I think at that point, but yeah, I, I think it's I think it's fine. I think the offensive line will be fine. I'd also think with an experienced quarterback will be better offensive line play because you don't have Zach Wilson running circles in the backfield, making your offensive line look worse than they already are with the injuries and whatnot. So I, I do think we'll be absolutely fine. I think you get the tackle in the first round. I would love to get a center in the second round and just you're cooking with fire. Then no issues for me. I am a hundred percent confident this offensive line that ranked, I think 20 or 21 last year with horrible quarterback play will be at least that good. And I think it'll probably be top 15 with uh, an experienced quarterback back there. Green bean. How are you feeling about Aaron Rodgers? Will he survive behind our offensive line and which uh, if you do draft, draft tackle, which side? I'm going to say left tackle, but yes. Um, Greenman, how do you uh, feel about Justin's chat here? All right. Let me just say one thing so to Hennessy. Hennessy, I mentioned Mims because we're talking about him. It's not me. I didn't bring up Mims. Fucking every week I get my I triggered him. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do it, man. Uh, so, uh, Justin, yeah, thank you. And I will thank the chat for recognizing that these chats only come in when I'm speaking. It's 100% of the time that Ryan does that to me, right? So it's all good. I'm with it. And thanks, Justin. You're the best, man. Uh, But yeah, I think, um, look, dude, I want to tell you right now, this is my firm belief. And I am uh, as long of a Jets fan as most in here, right? If not more than some. I believe that what we saw last year on the offensive line was an anomaly. I've never seen anything like it. We Mm. were the most injured offensive line in the NFL by a long stretch. We had the most offensive alignments. We had the most starting tackles. Like, dude, that's never happened before, man. And it's not going to happen again. I'm going to knock on wood because I'm also superstitious. That's not wood. That's that's some sort of metal. Oh, here we go. Okay. Got some wood. (laughs) It looks like wood. (laughs) Ah! (laughs) Uh, but i look uh beckton is 23 i know we can't depend on him but i do believe in him right i think the kid is a is a monster man he's doing all Mm -hmm. the right things let's uh i'm gonna believe in him until there's no until there's reason not to again can't count on him but i believe in him i also believe we're taking some sort of offensive lineman at in the first, whether that's at 13, a tackle, or we trade back and grab Schmitz, I believe that's going to happen. I also think we're going to use a second-round pick. If we do take tackle in the first, I would not be surprised in the slightest to see us go uh, center with our second, Avila um, mm. or, uh, or 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 whoever, right? Uh, Stromberg, mm. Patterson, any, any of these guys. Uh, I, think, uh, I think we're going to see that. 
Um, that all said, I think this line's going to be stellar, dude. I think the depth is going to be there. Dwayne Brown, Max Mitchell, Mackay Becton, uh, let's say Broderick Jones, uh, John Michael Schmitz. I think we're going to be stellar in there. And uh, and I'm not worried in the slightest because what we saw last year uh, is not going to happen. Dude, if it happens two years in a row, I'm going to cut my beard off. How's that sound? If it happens two Don't years in a row, you cut it off. dare. If you showed up without a beard, I would be like, who is this creepy guy that showed up? Yeah, I don't like the green bean is. Yeah, where the hell's green bean? Matt, how how you feeling about our offensive line? And, you know, if we take a tackle, where would you put? It's a great question. I definitely think the offensive line is nowhere near a finished product. I would still like to sign Ben Jones, who's available at center. And I know that the injury concern, I get it, but. I'm with green bean. I'm taking a center in that second round. I would love it for it to be John Michael Schmitz. I don't know if he's going to be there when the jets are picking. So mm-hmm. Vila, Weipler, Tipman, whoever, whichever one you like, you know, grab them, but agree. Pick 13 has to be an offensive tackle. One of the top three guys. And you just, you find a spot for him. Like uh, the, the right side of the line right now, you're relying on Makai Becton, who's played, half a game in the last two years, Max Mitchell, who had a scary blood clot issue at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. And on the left side, you have Dwayne Brown, who's coming off major surgery, approaching his age, what, 38 or 39 season. Mm -hmm. So I don't think you're, you're good at tackle, you know, on paper. Yeah. But if there's a, you're one injury away from really, you know, dropping down, which we saw last year, unfortunately happen, you just figure it out, get the best five on the field, no matter how you do it. Um, but I think if you're drafting, you know, the, the rookie at 13, he's probably playing and it might be a tough conversation, but Hey, Dwayne Brown sit or retire. Yeah. Right. Like uh, competition, it's, uh, it's iron sharpens iron. That's what we heard all last year, the year before that. Like I would love to bring in an offensive tackle. And I think, you know, when you have a 38, 39 year old tackle, you just, you say, Hey, look, you we're plugging you in as the starter right now. That's our intention. We had an opportunity to draft one of the best tackles in the draft. I do think it's going to end up being Broderick Jones. Um, I'd be on board with that. And yeah, I, I just think center in the second round makes so much sense. There's so many good ones. And for the Jets to make the move they did with Elijah Moore, that clearly indicates to me that they're, they want to at least hold on to the one of the seconds. And it's the other part that I think is interesting is because of that trade, I was thinking maybe there's a situation where Douglas is only offering the third this year and they'll settle on the second. And it's like, all right, well, maybe they weren't even talking about the third at all because they wound up sending it away. And and now you got the two seconds. I I don't know. I guess I'm I'm talking in circles. And we'll get we'll get into that, the the whole Rogers uh question with the the Yahoo Sports thing. But Justin, thank you so much. I can give you a J-E-T-S. You're the man. Andy dropped in. He says, hoping we get the Rams, Odell Beckham Jr. He was fine there. I do like Odell. He just scares me from an injury perspective. I want him to be available on the field. Jonathan Moore hops in. He says, wasn't enough room for two Elijahs on the team. He's talking about either Elijah Vera Tucker and Elijah Moore or Elijah Moore and possibly Odell Beckham Jr. <laughs> that was That's the way I took that, that comment. It could go either way. Uh, Andy, our resident Packers fan. What's up, Andy? He goes, 
Remember when I said a second and a future second with a chance for it to be a first and I got laughed at by Packers and Jets fans. Good times. Do y'all feel that is a fair trade? I do. Yeah, Andy, I, I do. I, I do think it is a fair trade. If that's how it winds up shaking out, that's almost kind of what the, the Favre deal was with the exception of like the second round pick this year, which is kind of where a lot of us sort of felt it would fall anyway. Um, but the conditional pick for, for Favre back in the day, I believe it playoffs would have been a second round pick. And then Super Bowl would have wound up being a first round pick. And that's exactly where this trade sort of lands. It's, hey, we feel very confident we're going to make the playoffs. So we're fine guaranteeing the the second round pick. I, and I think most people would probably be fine with that in 2024. Um, for me, the second round pick this year, I, I was a little surprised to, to see the Yahoo Sports article. So I guess I want to pass it to you guys before I give you guys my thoughts. Matt, what did you feel like when you saw the Yahoo Sports article? They're saying a second-round pick this year and a second-round pick next year is what's ultimately going to get the trade done for Aaron Rodgers. I said this has been what I've been saying for the last two months now. Uh, this is spot mm. on. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm all on board for it. Um, the thing that I didn't really get is – but supposedly the holdup, right, is the Jets wanting a 2025 conditional mm -hmm. pick if Rodgers doesn't play next year. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if I would let that be the thing that holds this deal up. Like, sure, getting another pick is is nice, but I wouldn't, at that price point, I wouldn't be, you know, hell-bent on getting a, a pick in a draft two years from now um, if he doesn't come back. Like, that's not really making a big difference for me, personally. Yeah, I I think I the the conditional 2025 pick I thought was interesting. If that is actually the hang up, I love it. I'm glad Douglas is having the forethought of having like, hey, this could be another Favre situation where it goes one year, it implodes and he's out the door and now we're giving up a second round pick and two drafts. Like I love that he's going for the 2025. I I I'm fine with it being a sticking point right now because I'm also of the opinion like I don't have to give you any picks this year. We can talk trade after the draft. And I, I think after hearing Douglas's comments and Salah's comments with them being like super relaxed at the owners meetings and no rush for them to have a two second round pick offer on the table. I don't I don't know how much I actually buy it. Greenbean, how do you feel about the Yahoo Sports article with the two second round picks? Yeah, I well, I was going to say the same thing that you just said. Uh, if you listen to Joe Douglas at the owners meetings and Salah, for that matter, I agree. They both sounded collected, cool as cucumbers, completely comfortable with where they sit. Joe Douglas said that, you know, they asked him, well, do you have like, you know, a target date? He goes, eh, we don't really feel all the sense of urgency right now. You know? Yeah, and Sal, Sal even said, I think they asked Salah like training camp too. He's like, yeah, you know, if you have an offensive coordinator that knows the quarterback and has been familiar with the system, like, sure, it's about, you know, getting the players up to speed but like we're not necessarily concerned with the quarterback getting in for training camp and it's like whoa <laughs> like why would they yeah. be making a trade now then dude that's what they're doing i was trying to say it i did a stream this morning and i was trying to tell everybody this is called um forward negotiation right like so mm -hmm. these guys are out there dude they're laying bombs they're they're throwing out there like, dude, what the Green Bay Packers are doing right now is they're dipping their toes into a significantly more aggressive meat grinder of a situation than they're used to being in, right? This is like our world, right? We live in this <laughs> muck, you know, and they're like trying to strong arm us. The truth is 
The Green Bay Packers have two, count them, two free agent acquisitions. One is a long snapper, and the other one is a reserve safety who's played 61 games in fucking three years, or uh, 61 plays in uh, in two years, <laughs> something like that. So they're both nice signings, but the reason they can't do that is because they're, they're locked into the $56 million or whatever. Dude, if they, if they have him on the roster, they are screwed. They can't do anything. That's 50 plus million dollars for a guy so, they don't even want. Joe Douglas knows that. Be, not oh, no no no. They if if they exercise the so the ex, the option if they pay him the 60 million dollars, it's only a 15 million dollar cap hit this year. So it's not so much the cap implications for yeah, for great. this That's year. Better. Yeah, they 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 are fine cuz the option is uh the option is perceived perceived or um, assumed to be exercised, mm-hmm. and if it's declined, then they get hit with the the massive cap. It so they're they're not going to decline it because that would absolutely implode their salary cap. But I right, but I what do, does that do to, what does that what does that do on uh, September first? If so, it would be week one. So I guess it would be September like seventh or eighth, whatever that Thursday game is. Um, that would be the deadline for them to either accept or decline the option. So if they accept it, they're they're taking that $60 million bonus and they're going to get whacked with the dead cap whenever they do trade him or he retires. They're going to get hit right. with that. If they decline it, they get hit with a massive, you know, dead cap hit. So like the, they have to do something and it's either, that, you know, if, if they, they say they're sitting, yeah. yeah, if they say they're sitting week one, Love is going to say, okay, well, I want to trade, so I'm out of here. So you're rolling with Aaron Rodgers for two years and then you got a $100 million dead cap hit the year after, but you still got a disgruntled guy. Like the the issue, I think, is going to happen in like April, where he like April, I think April seventeenth is when they have like like uh, optional practices or optional meetings for players within the Packers organization. And like if Rogers strolls into the you know the facility and trips over <laughs> the curb, all of a sudden, yo, you're on the hook for that sixty million dollars. So yeah, I don't yeah. know. It it's interesting, thing. but it doesn't impact their ability to sign free agents other than like them you know not knowing the rogers love sort of situation right all right well let's add something else to it there was Mm -hmm. the garofalo story that came out this week that where he said it's it's becoming known that joe douglas has kind of leaked it out there a little bit that he's aware that he's quote negotiating against himself and any negotiation, any business man, any, anybody practicing this in any capacity knows you do not negotiate again. Well, I guess uh, besides Mike McCagnan and it's it. <laughs> three <laughs> seconds, make it happen. Yeah. But uh, anyway, uh, you know, they're, they're not going to the, uh, whatever the deal is, if it's two seconds, it's fine. I still believe that Joe Douglas is going to get exactly what he intended to the entire time. I wouldn't worry about it. Yeah, I I still sit back and I I I 100% agree with Andy. I do think the two second round picks and I agree with Matt too. I think the the two second round picks if that's the price you end up ultimately paying, I'm fine with it. I don't have any problem. I think it makes a lot of sense. I just think there's definitely a better uh outcome for the New York Jets. I don't think you have to give up the picks this year because of the position that Rodgers and the Packers and the Jets have sort of wound up putting themselves in. Like it's that also famous word that we've been saying for the last month and a half or so. The leverage. Where does the leverage lie? And based on the Jets' you know, press conferences with Douglas and Salah, I think it's clear as day. They feel very comfortable, and they ha- they feel like they have the leverage right now. And like Green Bean was saying, like you don't bid against yourself. That's you know rule number one in negotiations. Just 
sit back. I would say, look, I'm not, I'm not really gonna. I, I guess we. Douglas was saying he doesn't want to have bad faith negotiations, and I think that tidbit is the part that makes me think two second round picks could get done prior to the draft because there are relationships. I didn't realize he had a 20-year relationship with the Packers uh, president or whatever it was. That was surprising to me. Maybe it dates back to like, I don't know if they wound up, if they were in Baltimore at some point or where they would have wound up meeting. But I do think the relationships around the league are important, specifically for the GM trying to work trades and things like that. You don't want to rake guys over the coals if you you know, if you don't necessarily have to, I think there, there is some level of gamesmanship and some level of, uh, I don't know, so, some level of respect that I think is, should be, you know, sent each way. Matt, do you think we should be concerned with, with maybe the inner workings of like Roger or Douglas and his relationship with some of the other GMs and maybe not trying to, to gun for the best deal and go for the throat in this particular type of situation? There's definitely some value in keeping those kinds of relationships. And um, I, I just thought it was funny. Like yesterday, obviously, the big news was uh, Lamar Jackson saying that he, you know, demanded a trade on or requested a trade on March 2nd. Uh, and then Joe Douglas later said that they don't, you know, they don't see that as an option, that they that would be negotiating in bad faith. But I do think, like, in the back of your head, that is still a card that you can play later down. Like, he might not say that publicly, but later down the line, if the, if Green Bay is getting hostile with you, can't you just say, well, I have this other thing that we could do if you don't want to make this work? Like, I know publicly you're not going to come out and say that, but, you know, behind the scenes, I don't know. I think that I definitely think the Lamar Jackson situation plays into it, and I do think it's a card that Joe, Do Joe Douglas should play if he has to. Yeah, I think it it gets to a weird point come the draft because I think you have to use the Lamar conversation prior to the draft if you want it, which I think the timing doesn't make sense because I, I would be fine after the draft. But if I were the Colts or I were the Falcons, as soon as I make my pick at four or eight, if I were them, I would offer Lamar his fully guaranteed deal that he wants and I would force Baltimore during the three days of the draft to get their five-day negotiating window open. So now they're focusing on three days of the draft and only have two days to really have good conversations with Lamar, which I don't know if they're necessarily going to match any contract at this point or if they're just looking like, hey, we're just looking to trade the guy at this point. Um, but I, I think that the option for Lamar may come off the table once the draft hits because I think some team is probably waiting to use their pick this year to give up the 24 and 25 first-round picks. Uh, Greenbean, how do you feel about the Lamar Jackson option as far as like, should the Jets use that as a potential like, hey, we could do this. And where do you kind of see the Lamar thing playing out? Well, I and let me uh, answer another part of that earlier question, mm -hmm. which was about like Joe Douglas's reputation being tainted somewhat, I think is where we were going. Yes, yes, yes. Yep. Matt, Matt said it. Joe Douglas was asked about his plan B. He was asked by Samini, of course, trying to fucking, you know, stir it up a little bit. That's what he, does. he says, what about Lamar Jackson? But Joe Douglas's answer is why his relationship will never be tainted. He said, mm, uh, that would be negotiating in bad faith. We're not mm. going to work on something else. We have, we're in the pro, we're going to get this done. You know what I mean? Like we're working with yeah. them. We're not going to just, you go, you know, basically, would I like it if they just switched gears and traded him to the Colts? No, dude, mm. we're needy 
in this together. We're go it's going to work out. Just everybody relax. But like Rico the Pup said in the chat, Joe Douglas comes from the Ravens, dude. He's very good friends with their general manager. They came up together in the same organization. You think he's got to make it public if he's, you know, got kind of got an inside track on whatever it, you know needs to happen. Just he's not going to come out there and say it. He's probably got it all covered. But Joe Douglas is very well respected for those those exact reasons because he he upholds what he's going to do. He's not he's not impatient and reckless and all those kinds of things. But I do think um you know, the, I, I love what you said, Ryan, about like, you know, waiting till they use their first round pick this year, then go ahead and guarantee, just throw the offer at them. Then no matter what happens, you don't give them this first this year. You trim down the timeline for the Ravens to be able to flesh it out and react and, and, and all those kinds of things. And you just might get them and you've already used your first round pick. And as we all know, you know, next year's first round pick doesn't have the value of this one. And uh, you've kind of mitigated to some degree the damage or the impact let's call it of uh of of go ahead and 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 making a deal like that i think that's really really a smart thing and i would not be surprised uh to see something along those lines happen as far as the jets dude i think it's aaron Rodgers. i think again like mm -hmm. i said i think joe douglas is as cool as a cucumber or the other side of the pillow whatever is your you know like more and he's going to get the exact offer that he wanted to give them from the beginning that's what's going to happen Jet Fuel drops in. He says, what happens if Aaron Rodgers' deal drags all the way right before the season and bad luck occurs and Jordan Love gets injured? Deal needs to get done ASAP. I've heard people talk about this, and I do think that is uh, – there's certainly a concern there for sure because if, if Love goes down, they're probably holding on to Aaron Rodgers at that point because they're like, hey, we got to sell tickets. We got to try and win what we can do. Um, I don't foresee it going that far. Uh, if it did, it would be the same sort of aspect with Aaron Rodgers. As soon as Aaron Rodgers steps foot in that facility, one, it gets incredibly awkward, and two, if he gets hurt and Love does not get hurt, well, guess what? Now you have Love under contract who's pissed off because you've now had to give Aaron Rodgers $60 million, and now you will not be able to extend Jordan Love beyond his fifth-year option because you're getting hit with a $100 million dead cap hit that year, uh, 2025, when you would have had to give him his uh, extension because he would have been a free agent. So it's not even like he could franchise tag him, really. So I, I don't think – I think it works both ways, Jet Fuel. I think it could be, yeah, uh, Love may get hurt, but guess what? So could Rodgers, and, and that would be even worse, I think, for the Packers at that point. Uh, Mike Jerome. Hopson says second in 2023, third in 2024. That could go to a second if he plays in 2024, and a first if we win the AFC title. So, um, the Mike, the interesting part here is you can't do a trade based on if he plays in 2024 and the accolades in 2024 because the, the draft pick happens before the 2024 season. So you would need to say, like, the 2024 pick is conditional on the 2023 season and his um, – and what he does. I mean, I guess you could hinge it based on like, is Rogers planning to play before the draft? And as long as he's planning to play prior to the draft, you're able to give up that draft pick. That's, I think, how you'd wind up working it. I'd be fine with this, you know, the second round pick this year. And then it escalates as far as the the AFC title game. So I am on board with this. I just think that the wording's maybe a little, little off there. Uh, Andy drops in. Andy says, if the Packers want to drag this out, I'm fine with JD picking three top 50 players. I can't, uh, we can't, 
uh, we can wait this out. Yeah, Matt, how do you feel about uh, Douglas maybe just sitting pat and saying, hey, we want to make our three picks and we'll pick up these trade conversations post-draft? Uh, I don't think that's something that's very likely, but if it does happen, then, I mean, they have a lot of ammunition to get creative. Like we talked about John Michael Schmitz potentially not making it down to 42 or 43. You can now package those picks and get back up into the first round and land your guy if that's what you want to do. We saw them trade up for Brees Hall. We saw them trade up for AVT. So if they have someone that they really like, you can now afford to get aggressive because you have that extra pick from the Elijah Moore trade. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that's probably going to happen, but I mean, just adding more talent to this roster is always a good thing. Now, let's say we held on to those three picks. Is Are there certain positions you'd want to target, Matt, with those three specifically? Because I know you, you mentioned trading back up maybe to get John Michael Smiths or something, but if you kept, you know, 13, 42, 43, rough idea. doesn't have to be exact by any means. Yeah, uh, tackle center and something on the defense, either DT, linebacker, or safety. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I was going to go. I was kind of leaning the, the safety route, hoping maybe an Antonio Johnson drops. You get yep. your center and you get your tackle. Greenbean, how are you feeling about uh, Joe Douglas possibly making three picks within the top 50 and not giving up a draft pick this year saying, hey, let's pick up trade negotiations after the draft? Oh, I love it. I would love it. I really would. I think that would be fan- fantastic. And then we give him a second next year, which is at the back end of the second because we won a ring. And we give him, you know, the 32nd pick in the second round instead of pick 42 or 43. I would giggle till I slept. That's what I would do. I'd <laughs> giggle every night as I fell asleep. I would love it. Now, what position? where would you go with the three picks? Like, let's say 13, 42, 43 all wind up staying. Are there positions that you're hoping for at those picks? Or, or how would you like to see us use them? Yeah, I want uh, tackle, center, defensive tackle, and or safety, depending on the quality of the player. You know, any variation, you know, I, I, you know, I just I think it's it's begging for it. This team is begging for a few little plugs. And there's a group of players that are literally plug and play, in my opinion. And I think we can get it done. Top three, top 50 or 43. I think you can get a center, a defensive tackle and or safety and uh, tackle that will literally uh, just come right in and, and uh, be able to help the team immediately. I'd love to see that. Red John jumps in with a super chat. Thank you, dude. He says, Bean, Linval, Su, uh, Sue, wow, yeah. Su, <laughs> Sue, and Dominican Sue, or Mazi, if Kalias falls through. Matt, why do you think the Jets won't take O'Connell? I like him. Ryan, what, uh, Ryan, was that your first YouTube short? Uh, I don't think it was my first YouTube short. I have a whole bunch of YouTube shorts, but that was my first one that I was actually in. Most of my YouTube shorts have been like, gimmicky little uh you know fun videos that are not like me in it <laughs> it's like meme videos um yeah i was at work and i did the uh, elijah moore short from the phone and i had like a lot of people commenting saying i didn't know you had a job <laughs> i was like oh yeah I, sorry i i work full time but i i don't in the winter I, I i work at a golf course so i wind up uh you know getting laid off in the winter and I do some YouTube stuff on the side. Uh, but yeah, first actual YouTube short with myself in it. Uh, as far as in like if Kalias Campbell falls through, um, I don't know. I'm really hoping it doesn't. <laughs> I'll be honest. That's kind of like where I'd like to go with defensive tackle. 
Um, and Dominican Sue's a beast. I, I'd have to look and see which one of these guys would be the best as far as like a a, uh, a run stopping defensive tackle. When I see Bean here, is that Green Bean? Or like who is Bean? Yeah. Is there? Uh... I think so. So it's a question to each of us. That's how I took it. Oh well, it, it started with Bean though. It says Bean, Linval, and Dominican yeah, Sue Ramazzi. He's saying Bean. Would you yeah. like Linval, Joseph, Linval, and Dominic? Oh, 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 oh! I like Bean on my defensive tackle line. That's that's what I like. Me too. Oh, but but Green Bean, you you could answer that, and then oh, oh, oh! I'm an idiot. Red John, I'm a moron. I get it. It's a Bean question, then a Matt question, then a Ryan question. I'm a dipshit. Yes. Green Bean, <laughs> you, you, you go. Here's what I'm going to say though. Ryan has a lot on his mind running the show. It's a that's hard. It's very easy yeah. to miss a grammatical you know, uh, glitch or whatever, a little nuance. Whoops. Right. And so, so you're, you're good with me, buddy. Um, but, uh, I happen to love Mazzy Smith. If that's who you're talking about, you're talking about the, you know, mm. but he would be a draft pick. I think he can be had a little bit later too, which is going to be nice. Um, mm. but, uh, I mean, I'd love to see a, a, you know, a vet. It all depends on the money, right? Like we don't, I don't know where we're getting all this money this year, but I, I mean, Hey, more power to him. God bless him. If he can pull it all off, fantastic. We, you know, we're keeping Corey Davis. We're keeping, uh, you know, Carl Lawson. Carl <laughs> we're keeping everybody. And we're adding a million dollar, you know, a hundred million dollar quarterback. Okay, great. Um, so, I mean, if we can get a Calais Campbell, I know that wasn't mentioned, but like, or, you know, Sue or Linval Joseph, any, any of these guys that can come in, I think that would be fantastic because all of their, um, you know, their stat lines from last year are either near or exceed rankings, uh, which is interesting to me. Like they're still playing at a high level, even though these guys are on the back end, right? They're, they're on the back nine in Ryan speak. They're on the back nine. Um, but they're still, dude, Clayus Campbell is, is 30. He's going to be 38 years old when the, when the, you know, when the season starts or 37 years old when the season starts, dude. And he's still right there with, with the rankings of the world. Rankins got 10 and a half million. What is Clayus Campbell going to get? I don't know. So I don't know. I think one of those guys will be really, really smart, but I wouldn't rush it, man. There's a lot of defensive tackles in this draft, especially if you're looking for a, you know, a, a space seat and run stuffer, you can get them in the, in the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, uh, and they can kind of come in and give you what you need. And they're going to be, you know, a million to 600,000 kind of a thing, as opposed to paying Rankins type 10 and a half million and get similar type of production it depends on what the jets are looking for i believe that they're trying to add beef not speed we have the speed i think they're looking for a little a fat ass that's what i think they're looking for and that's going to be found plenty of fat asses in this one <laughs> man how you feeling uh why do you think the jets won't go after aiden o'connell the purdue quarterback because I think if you're going all in on 2023, you're not going to use one of your draft picks on a developmental quarterback. I think you're using your or trying to use as many of your picks as humanly possible on guys who can help you in 2023. I completely agree. I, I think Aaron Rodgers, while using a sixth round pick maybe on a, a quarterback that's developmental, is not. You know, that's not earth shattering. The Jets could use a backup quarterback. I understand all that, but I, I agree with you. I think I think using any asset not towards winning a Super Bowl, like like realistically, any developmental quarterback coming in is not gonna wind up taking any sort of meaningful snaps. I I don't believe so, at least. And Rodgers is trying to get away from that. From, from Green Bay. He wants everything used to help win a Super Bowl while he's here. That's why I think it's it's highly likely, I think, 
that we exercise Zach's fifth year option because I really do think we use both this year's draft and next year's draft to fully surround Aaron Rodgers with as much talent as possible to give him the the you know, the Super Bowl push that he wanted to to kind of see happen. And then in 2025, you know, you're not going to have your developmental quarterback kind of sitting there and you're just going to, I think, bite the bullet on, you know, the worst of like the, the lowest of the four available fifth year options for Zach. And I think, you know, you just kind of ride or die. And then worst case scenario, if Zach's not the guy, like so many of you are probably going to tell me in the chat, they're like, this is ridiculous. Why would you even do that? Then it's going to be a, a, a flame of a season. You already have a bunch of dead cap hitting you anyway. So, you know, draft the quarterback after that. I'd rather give it the the really high Hail Mary shot with, with Zach Wilson and the attributes and maybe he learned something behind the scenes than, you know, drafting a developmental guy now and just wasting basically thrown away a pick it would it, that this pick o'connell would s- feel similar to me like the james morgan pick where it's like ah didn't really need that there um greenbean how do you feel about the uh the uh, like the jets possibly taking a mid or late round quarterback swing this year i don't know uh i'm still trying to deal with robert sala's comments that zach is number two i i, I don't get it <laughs> <laughs> well, he tried to back. Whoa, 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 I know what the I know what the headlines are going to say. I, I loved that little bit of the interview right there. I thought that was really yep. funny. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, and okay, if that's what they want to do. I mean, look, I, I think you know how many developmental quarterbacks do you want on your team? Um, if Zach is the developmental, I mean, they might think. I mean, look, Zach's got you know rare skills, guys. I mean, let, let let's be real. There's a reason why you know people were calling him the best second or third best quarterback in the draft. And, and, uh, you know, the, the world was in love with him. Let's, let's try to remember correctly, right? Like Greenbeam was in love with him, but the rest of the world was. So there's a reason why he was the second overall pick. He got the yips, man. Like, you know, he's throwing balls. The guy's, you know, eight feet away and he's throwing it into the dirt three feet mm-hmm. away. Like, you know, that's, that's, that's not a physical problem. He's, it, it's like, there's a, there's a mental thing there. So the Jets probably really do still believe in him. That said, do you bring on another kid and then have to focus on developing him too? I, I don't know. I mean, they, they re-signed or they gave Strebler a futures, didn't they? I, I think they did. Um, so, so he's here. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I get if he's the best player there, maybe if like one of these guys they thought was a third is there in the sixth. Maybe, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I think the the wisdom eludes me. Yeah, I I just I I love the thought of where Zach could be, and I saw something the other day where I think Zach still has the fastest throw ever recorded by a recruit, and like there was something like they they thought they clocked him at a four five forty yard dash, which is like crazy. Like th- those metrics, if you plug Zach Wilson's metrics into this draft, like. You could argue he might be one of the top quarterbacks, like one or two, you know, based on his size, his arm strength, and everything that he he kind of did. Um, and look, I understand we got to see 20 games from Zach, and it was not very good. But I, I tend to lean with Green Bean on this one as far as I, I think he had the yips, and I think the physical traits, you know, will he ever develop into a, you know, the guy we hope he, he was going to wind up being? Maybe not. But sitting behind a quarterback in Aaron Rodgers for two years is probably – you know, the best thing that could possibly happen to him. I would like to see the Jets kind of sit tight, go all in with Rodgers for the two years. And then, you know, I would like to see either a ride or die with Zach or some type of competition brought in with another vet and having the guys go at it at that point. Uh, Edward Ziff. Ryan, real quick. 
You yeah. said two years with Rod. I mean, we've kind of all kind of, we've all like settled on Rogers as a one year rental. Is that mm-hmm. a negotiating smokescreen kind of a thing, or do you think he's going to stay for two years, or wh- where do you stand on that one? I think he's going to, regardless of of well, I think he will be here for two. Yes, um, but I do think. Some of it is a negotiating tactic right now to make sure the Jets don't give up too much right now because those are assets that could surround him with talent. But I do 100% think that Aaron Rodgers is going to take the same approach he's had the last few years where it's I'm going to play year by year. And I do think he has every intention of playing that second year of the contract that he signed just last year. And I do think that him saying I want to go year by year is that little bit of leverage that he'll have over the Jets at that point to, to bring in players that he wants. If the Jets feel like he might move on, then maybe they won't, you know, make some of the moves that they want. But I, I feel like he probably told the Jets, hey, look, I'm I'm if I'm going there, I'm not moving for one year. It's going to be two years. Let's finish this out. Heck, I think there's like an outside shot that it could be three years. Um, I'm not like necessarily like, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility, but based on his current contract, I, I think he will play both years. I really do. I love it. And I think the one year thing, it's kind of become this, it's like, it's like, uh, it's, it's, it is within the vernacular, the one year rental one year. That might be something Mm. the Jets put out there, man. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. Well, I think Rogers probably did too. I think he understands like there's, there's assets at stake here. And I'd much rather the Jets not give up these assets that could help me get to where I want to go. And like, but I also think he's, he's also being honest. I think the, you know, the year after year, like, hey, I'll revisit. I, I'm not going to make a commitment for 2024 until I see how 2023 goes. Like, if we got, you know, things going absolutely sideways and, you know, reporters are, are ripping them and, and all this other stuff and, you know, he appears to be the problem, then maybe he's not coming back for another year. Matt, where do you kind of land on this? You think he's playing two years? Seven. No, uh, ah. uh, two. <laughs> no, I think it's two. Um, that may, that, has always kind of made the most sense to me. I don't know how much I buy the he was 90% gonna gonna retire. Maybe that as you guys are kind of alluding to negotiating tactic. Um, I'd be surprised if he hung it up after one year. I think you're looking at a two year window with him. Uh, Edward Ziff drops in says deal is imminent. Just some fine details. My concern is don't mortgage the future too much with these expensive vets. We need a safety and linebacker. Who's your pick? So yeah, I definitely don't want to mortgage any sort of future with these veteran guys. Like anytime I see extra void years added on, like there is a little bit of of panic maybe. But I do think that I would um I would err towards the side of like, hey, this is the price we have to with our plan. We would love to have you here. You know, we're not gonna go over this price. Same thing. I would like to do that with Odell. I'd like to do that with Clyce Campbell. Uh or Clayus Campbell. I keep saying that name wrong. Um I would like to see us have a number and have the players want to come here for that number specifically. Um, but yeah, I definitely don't want to mortgage the future with with any sort of money going that way. As far as needing a safety and linebacker, who's my pick? I really would love to bring back Quan Alexander and then draft a linebacker to groom behind him for a year. Uh, at safety, there's a little bit of me that would love to see like a Kevin Bayard come in from, from Tennessee. That would be a lot of mm. fun. Um, but I do like the second round potential of drafting a safety in, in that round. Like if it were me using the draft, I would say tackle in the first round. I would say center and safety with the next two picks. 
mainly because I, I do like the option of Calais Campbell at defensive tackle because I do think that is a, a big area of need. Uh, Greenbean, how do you feel about possibly mortgaging a little bit of the future with some of these veteran contracts? And if you had to decide on a safety or a linebacker, is there a, a direction you may want to go? I'm sorry. Uh, we need to say, say yeah. Well, th- here's the thing. I think Sherwood is mm. the Quan backfill. I think Sherwood, mm. look, he's been here two years. His rookie year got chopped up. Um because of the Achilles, right? Like he he got injured the first week or so, came back for two weeks, you know, ruptured his Achilles, and then he you know came back this year or, or 2022, and he's been a maniac, right? Like he's number two on special teams behind only Pro Bowl or Hardy, um, and he's um, you know whenever he came in for C.J. Mosley, whatever he literally made every tackle when he was on the field, and I think that they see that man. Like this is what development of players actually looks like like having a guy for two three years and then when a guy's like hey i want to get paid they go i will go get paid and we already got your guy this is what the ravens and steelers and pats do this is what they do i think sherwood is our answer at linebacker he's not a perfect player yet there's a few things that i you know that he needs to work on but overall man he's a i think he's going to be excellent i think he's gonna be a fan favorite this year safety Scared as I am to say it, it's looking more and more to me like they really like themselves some Tony Adams, dude. That's what I think, guys. Mm. I think brace yourself for a Jordan Whitehead, uh, Chuck Clark, Tony Adams type of situation with Ashton Davis, uh, you know, holding their cleats and stuff like that, holding their jocks, washing their underwear, stuff like that, you know. So I think those three guys are going to be out front with Ashton Davis as the kind of specific guy that they need for certain situations. But I don't know. I thought they were going to go out and get a safety. We might see one in the draft, but I don't think they feel the same way, man. I think they're really comfortable with who they have. It's weird. We all thought Whitehead was gone, didn't we? Mm. He's here. Yeah. Yeah, Matt. How do you? Where do you land on the uh, possibility of mortgaging a little bit of the future because of you know bringing in some vets? And where would you go with safety and linebacker? Yeah. I hate the mortgaging the future argument. I don't think they're mortgaging the future. This is what like mm. you build up through the draft for opportunities like this. So uh, I think now is actually the perfect time to start implementing some of your uh, veterans in there. I agree. I would like to add a, a safety and a linebacker. I like Jamie and Sherwood. I think he's a little bit small. I'm just a little bit worried with him being that number three guy this year. And if God forbid there's an injury to one of Mosley or uh, Quincy, they're like, all right, this kid's going to come in and he's going to be the guy. Maybe he maybe he can do it, but I think in a year where you're going for it, I would like a, a veteran there also. Safety, I don't love Jordan Whitehead. Um, I think the Whitehead and Clark combination, they kind of are a little redundant, so I'd like more of your prototypical free safety. I don't think there's really one available in free agency anymore, so that is definitely something that I think you need to address in the draft. And like you said, one of the first three picks, so second or fourth round is probably where you're looking ny jets 24 comes into the super chat says green bean matt and ryan love the podcast does joe douglas get a contract extension next year if the jets make the playoffs i think as soon as he gets the aaron Rodgers deal done i would love to give him an extension but yes i do think it's after this season i think if the jets make the playoffs he's 100 percent getting an extension uh was salah on a five-year deal does he have two years remaining so salah they may wait an additional year on 
Um, but I would think you, if you're extending the GM, it would be nice to extend the head coach if if you saw the growth out of your younger players, and it wasn't just so heavily relied on on maybe Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Matt, where do you fall on the contract negotiations, maybe with Joe Douglas? And I'll I'll throw Robert Sala in there. You think they get extensions if the Jets make the playoffs? Yeah, I think that's fair. That's the expectation. I think you know for both of these guys to show that they're the real deal they need to make the playoffs this year uh i believe in both those guys i think they do it joe douglas has done a lot of things that i liked robert Sala, i think is trending in the right direction and i think if they make the playoffs this year and assuming rogers comes back they make another run hopefully win something in the next uh two years here they should be the long-term answers yes Greenbean, where do you fall on uh the joe douglas robert Sala extensions you think Douglas gets an extension if we make the playoffs. What do you think happens with Salah? What are your thoughts? All right, I'm going to answer that for you, and I'm going to answer it the best that you've ever heard. But I want to announce something if I can. Sure. Team Team Bean, as of today, just got locked into his first date ever with a girl. Oh, (laughs) let's go, Team Bean. I love it. It's the best. He's like, Dad, I got a date. Oh, that's cool. So Hell yeah, awesome. dude! Congrats, dude! Yeah, team I'm Bean. Excited, yep, I'm gonna. I gotta. I'm like, all right, we gotta talk. I gotta tell you. I gotta. I gotta. <laughs> we got. I got stuff to say. There, there's these birds. There's <laughs> these bees. These things happen. Yeah. And <laughs> the good news is, you already know. Like I've I've been talking to him a lot, but now that it's real, mm-hmm. I got it. Now that it's like applicable, I gotta say, all right. Here's what you do. Here's what you got. Here's five dollars. You want to take her out to McDonald's, right? want to get the prize. Get, right. get her a soda. No ice. None of that. No, no, no. You want the most amount of soda in right. the cup. Ice is the mechanism of the man. You don't want the ice. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, as far as uh, Joe Douglas, I, I think you said it well. You know, I look, if he gets the Rodgers thing done, you know, a lot of people think it's Woody. It's not Woody. I'm sure Woody agrees with it and loves it and all that stuff. But if Joe Douglas didn't want it, it wouldn't be happening, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Joe Douglas um, is, uh, you know, is uh, well thought of by our ownership. He's clearly the most well put together, well respected, and effective general manager that we've had. Look, at least since Tanny, can we at least buy that? I say mm-hmm. ever, but can we say mm-hmm. since Tanny. All right, so Woody knows that he's been here the whole time since Tanny. Uh, so he knows the difference between Idzik and Joe Douglas. Um, that said, I think you nailed it. He gets into the playoffs this year, and Joe Douglas is signed. Now, my only question would be, how long do they sign mm. him for? Like two more years? Like he likes to? What he likes to do that two year extensions, or does he say, Joe, six more years? You know what I mean? Does I'd he do that? Th- Tack on three, make it, make it another, like, f- like, so it'll be after this year, he'll have a year remaining on his deal. I think, is that right? So I would go, Hey, we want to give you a three-year extension at the end of this year. So you're, you're locked in for 24, 25, 26, 27. That gives Joe the security of knowing, Hey, I'm going to either have Zach Wilson, or I'm going to have my new quarterback after Aaron Rodgers. And I think that's, that's the next step for him. I think it's, it's life after Rogers security. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Right. I think that right. Three years, I think, is good. I think two years is almost non-committal to a degree. Yeah. But I think three kind of, right. It's in the middle there. I think it shows some level of love, if you will. A little love. A little Ooh, a little, little teen bean love action. Oh, I love it over there. Uh, <laughs> Matt, right. how are you feeling about Joe Douglas possibly getting a contract extension at the end of this year? 
Well, I or did we talk about this? Already. Yeah, you I did. I'm going back and forth. That's okay. You know what? It's been a long day. Joe Payne drops in. He says, can we please talk about the gaping hole at defensive tackle? Yeah, gaping hole. We got to fill with some big fatties up front. I completely agree, Joe Payne. Uh, JP Jets, I want to jump over to you. You throw in a $10 super chat. Thank you, kind sir or lady, whoever you are. Uh, much appreciated. No, we lost Matt. What happened to Matt? He'll hop back in. Uh, JP Jets says, I'm sitting tight and have full confidence in our GM, but what are your thoughts on who we will uh, who we will be our who will be our pass rush on the team presently or draft free agent signing? Um, so I do think all our pass rushers are currently on the roster right now. I think you know Jermaine Johnson, Michael Clemens, uh, John Franklin Myers are locks to be here. And then the two that are kind of interesting for me, Carl Lawson seems like a safer lock to be here than Bryce Huff. Greenbean, do you feel that way as well? Because the way Carl Lawson was talked about by by Robert Sala, like they did mention Corey Davis, but like it felt like Sala was 100% on the Carl Lawson train. I don't know if that was head coach speak, but like it's like I would love to lock in Lawson for two more years. But for me, the biggest issue with Lawson is is – yeah, my, my issue with Lawson is more so the like him kind of log jamming the positions for the young guys. But if there's a situation where like you hit Bryce Huff with the second round tender because you were hoping to get a second round pick for him if someone bites and you wanted to hold on to Lawson, like it almost feels like they're kind of trying to bait someone to take Bryce Huff away. Um, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, and I see where you're coming from. And I, in my uh, off season, like plan for the jets, I did say mm. a first round tender because it was only six. I think, you know, getting what mm. Huff do for 6 million, I still think is a deal, but I do mm. think it's more along the lines of, you know, cause don't forget the jets with that second round tender also get right or first for a few, they can match. So if sure. somebody comes in and says, we'll give them 6 million, you go, ah, well, I'll pay them 6 million. You know what I mean? Maybe they get, mm. they're willing to pay them up to $7.9 million or whatever. So I, I don't think it's a bait so much. I think it's um, I think it's an opportunity to save that two million and uh, that is needed this year. You know what I mean? It's one of those tight years. I just think Joe Douglas is playing uh, I think he's just including all the variables. Uh, but I do mm-hmm. think you know when you're right, like Robert Sala, Dude, he didn't he didn't make leave you any room for questions about their thoughts on Carl Lawson. I don't think he would have said that. Uh, and leave himself open for a right hook when Joe Douglas trades him or cuts him in three days. Um, mm-hmm. I think they know. I think they know. He he said it very distinctly. He said, pass rushers don't grow on trees, and we're going to mm-hmm. keep Carl Lawson until he can't walk, right? Is what he said. He'll be here until he oh, can't yeah. walk. So, but I'm with you, dude. Dude, like, it, okay, so if that's the case, why not take that 15-5, spread mm-hmm. it over three years, and, you know, keep his numbers similar. You know what I mean? Make maybe maybe 13 and 13 for the next two years. It's still 15 this year. Parlay it into a mm. bonus and get his cap number down to six. And, of course, my numbers are completely hypotheticals. I can't even count, right? So I don't know. What well, well what about the idea of Lawson? Like, I could see a situation where the Jets approach Lawson and they say, hey, look, we we love you. We want you here. That was the support that Robert Sala threw at, at the reporters just yesterday. And they say, hey, Carl. 
You got $15 million coming to you if you stay on the roster this year. Let's let's keep you for the two Super Bowl years. We'll, we could talk about it after that. Let's give you the same $15 million. Look, we didn't we didn't get anything from you the, the first year. Would you take the $15 million fully guaranteed over the next two years? And like you said, maybe throw in some escalators. Like, hey, you, you hit a certain amount of sacks or something like that. Like, we expect you to. Then, you know, that increases the value of that contract. I really like that uh, a lot. Oh, hey, what's up, Matt? How you doing? Good. I don't know what happened. My uh, it just said lost connection, and I had to restart my computer. I'm on <laughs> unplug in my camera and plug it back in. So we're back. Uh, but that was annoying. Sorry, guys. Oh, uh, uh, that's all right. I'm I'm sorry. But yeah, it's great. We, Greenman and I just gave our thoughts on Carl Lawson and our pass rushers. So I want to get your thoughts on this. How do you feel about the Jets' pass rushers, and who do you think will be on the team, and and how do you see it kind of working out? Because we heard Robert Sally yesterday give a huge vote of confidence for Carl Lawson, and I made the you know the comment about Bryce Huff. Like you tag him with the second round tender, you're almost trying to like hope. Now, I don't want to say hope someone, you know, nabs him away for the second round pick, but it feels like they're far more confident in Lawson being here than, you know, maybe where it could ultimately end up being. Yeah, you know, I am a big Carl Lawson fan. I know he didn't have a monster year. I thought he was fine, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, they, they obviously really like him. It adds a lot of depth to that room because, you know, Michael Clemens and I think Jermaine Johnson both flashed as a rookie and they should be getting better. Bryce Huff, I, I think he's going to be here, um, you know, and they just I don't think they're ready to play him every down yet. I think they want to keep mm-hmm. him in that situational pass rusher role. The only spot with the pass rush I'm worried about is on the interior because outside of Quinnen, mm-hmm. it's pretty much just Solomon Thomas, and mm-hmm. he wasn't very good at all last year for the Jets. He's he's undersized. He got pushed around a little bit. Uh, they lost Rankins. They lost um, – Nathan Shepard also. You got to add more there. Pro- this is probably a draft and sign one part if you're the New York Jets here with that position. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree, especially on the interior side of things. I hadn't really considered that because, yeah, Carl Lawson is – or not Carl Lawson. Uh, Quinnen is very much your interior pass rush guy. I do think there's a situation where the Jets are aware maybe to hold on to the edge rushers because John Franklin Myers may be forced to kick back inside – and have that uh, potential option, you know, let's say Quinnen go- does go down with, you know, maybe he's out for a game or two or something like that. They can kick John Franklin Myers inside, be that pass rush presence while still having Huff and Clemens and Jermaine Johnson and and Lawson. I think uh, I think the Jets are being smarter than I, I would have given, I don't want to say given credit for, but I would have thought they'd move on because of just the, the cap hit overall. Um, so I'm glad, I'm glad to see, you know, some thought processes that are including Carl Lawson in the the longer term, you know, two years or whatever. Uh, Michael drops him in the super chat. He says, hey guys, pinch me. Players wanting to come play for the Jets. Let's go, let's go. Yeah, right? We, t- we heard about it yesterday. Uh, Joe Douglas and Robert Sala both making comments about how the culture has changed so much over the course of the last two years of Robert Sala being here. And, you know, it was, you know, I think it was brought up to, to Douglas where they said, uh, how does it make you feel that someone of Aaron Rodgers' caliber wants to play for the Jets? And and Salah came out and said that's a testament to the to the culture that Robert Salah built. It's a testament to you know the Johnsons and and everything they've done to to be supportive of the team and the franchise. And I, I love it. I think the culture is definitely changing. Matt, is there someone that you've seen in the last 
let's call it two and a half years since Salah has been here that you have been happy. I don't want to say happy. I guess happy, but like that we've attracted that you felt like maybe we wouldn't have been able to attract in the past. I, I have one. I, I have more than one, but I have one in mind that's that's jumping out at me. A a player you're saying? Yep. Or? Yeah, that 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 wanted to come here because players wanting to come play for the Jets. We heard last year Robert Sala saying, you know, we didn't overpay for anyone. We wanted guys that wanted to be here, and then we worked on a contract with them after that point. I think Kwan and DJ are the ones that stand out the most yep. to me. Uh, I think those two on the defensive side of the ball. But, I mean, the offensive guys love him too. He's just... I don't know. He's very down to earth. He seems he comes off as relatable. And when you compare it to the last few coaches, I mean, Todd Bowles had the personality of a rock and Adam Gase was maybe the most toxic coach in you know, human history. Uh, so it couldn't have gotten any worse. Yeah, I, that's exactly where I was going to go. DJ Reed was the one that that stuck out to me where it's like, OK, this guy's like a top 10 corner and like he's choosing to come here. Well, all right, OK, that's cool. I like this. Quan was was a good example of one. I think Lake and Tomlinson was the other one, but I don't know if that was so much Salah as much as it might have been Benton last year. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I think the the players do really love playing for Robert Salah, and just having players be attracted to this location is, is awesome. Uh, Greenbean, is there a player that you've seen over the course of the last few years? You can't say Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> but players that want to come here that you've kind of seen the Jets acquire that maybe we wouldn't have had a shot at in the past. Well, I just love uh, what Matt said about Adam Gase. I think that is probably the best toxic. It's not just mm -hmm. that he was inept. It's not just that he's a butthole. It's not just that he was clearly on numerous amphetamines and all that sort of stuff. He was toxic. That's the greatest way to say it. I think uh, Robert, I think the attraction of Robert Sala is more than just the players that he has experience with. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like you said, like I think, I think Lakin. Uh, it might have been John Benton, right? I think that's mm -hmm. a very astute observation uh, because that was his coach for the last five years or whatever it was, literally mm -hmm. positions. So there's that. But I think Robert Sala has a great reputation around the league. You know, it's not just, um, you know, it's not just with, with guys that he's met before. Like the word is out. Like he's a good dude that everybody loves. I mean, remember mm -hmm. Juszczyk? Who, who didn't play for his side of the ball said that Robert Sala would speak to the team and he would want to quote, smash his head through the desk when Robert Sala was done speaking. I mean, you know, that stuff spreads, man. You know, they, his, uh, his reputation is out there. Then you look at all these players, the sauce gardeners, the, the Garrett Wilsons and Brees Halls burning, you know, cheese heads and, and the way that they're just out there, man, they're telling the world, like, this is a whole different team. And we said it last year, these young guys, they don't know they're supposed to suck. So it's more than Robert Sala that's attracting everybody, in my opinion. But I think he's a major piece of it. Like the Jets, clearly were a well-run team. Sure, we collapsed last year, totally. But during that collapse was six one-score losses. You know what I mean? Complete, like the worst quarterback play in the entire NFL and losing by one score. You know, in these games with teams we technically shouldn't be in the game with. We were beating up everybody, dude. We were holding teams, mm. some teams to no touchdown offensively. And they would win at the last second, you know, like the Patriots game or whatever. I think there's a lot going on. I think the ripples through the NFL are out there. And let me be bold and tell mm. you guys, the NFL – at large and the media the national media at large loves this shit the jets are the most 
uh, the biggest t- thing in the NFL and where the at, and the whole league is waiting for us to be there. Everybody wants to be a part of it because they know if you win with the Jets, our fans are ridiculous. We're going to give you the biggest everything, the biggest parade, the biggest come-ups, the biggest congratulations. Everything's bigger here. And now that it's on, it's on. I love it. I love it. I, I wanted to bring up something before and we, when we were talking about the Denzel Mim stuff and it just clicked for me. Did any of you guys see CJ Uzama's uh, tweet from earlier today? Anyone know of any food poisoning remedies? Yeah. And I just started laughing. <laughs> I was like, I like, hope he didn't have the pain? salmon. He said, he said, anyone know any food poisoning remedies four hours ago? And I just kind of laughed. I was like, I hope he didn't have any salmon at the Jets facility. Oh, tell me about it. No, I didn't do that. <laughs> For those of you guys that don't know what I'm talking about right here, uh, Denzel Mims, what was it, two years ago, I think, had food poisoning at the Jets facility from eating bad salmon, and he wound up getting screwed, (laughs) missed, like, you know, a bunch of uh, OTAs in, I think it was June at the time. Um, But yeah, just just funny stuff. Uh, Jet Strong, 1273, thank you so much for the super chat. I didn't see a comment associated with it, but thank you all the same. Uh, BSK comes in with super chat says zach is trash need to uh need to move on stop wasting a roster spot on him bsk i completely understand uh zach being trash right now like i I, there's no other way for me to to spice it up but i would not move on from him i think his metrics are so astronomically high and you're banking on rogers playing the entire season like if a backup quarterback has to come in and play for the new york jets no matter who that backup quarterback is I don't think the Jets are going a whole heck of a lot further. It, they're, they're very few and far between do you have a – usually the the backup quarterback on a team is good if the starter is shaky, like like there's a, like there's an issue with their health or something along those lines, or they're young and, and unproven. Like if Rodgers comes in, we're not going to have any type of really strong backup. Like in my opinion, the backup that I feel like the Jets will try to bring in uh, – now, if I'm talking my way through this, I'm thinking, okay, I want Rodgers to play every single game, but I don't want him to necessarily play a bunch of, of uh, preseason snaps or a bunch of reps in, in training camp necessarily, but I want someone to compete with Zach. I want someone to push Zach, but I also want to make sure it's someone that I can cut so that way I'm not having a third quarterback on the roster, but I want to have the option to get that guy at some point in the season. Like, I don't want someone to snatch him away. And now when I start talking that through like that, I'm thinking, okay, we're going to wind up with Blake Bortles <laughs> as our backup quarterback at some point. It, I think it happens in training camp. And then he winds up getting cut before week one. And then God forbid something happens, you know, maybe you have him and Zach at the end. But either way, if you wind up needing a, a backup quarterback, uh, you're not going to go very far. So I would much rather invest that spot in Zach Wilson and his ridiculously high upside and just hope that it works, you know, at some point after the Rodgers experiment. I think you have far more upside with Zach coming in than, you know, a run-of-the-mill backup, in, in my opinion. Greenbean, where do you fall on the Zach is trash, need to move on from him? You know, is he wasting a roster spot here with us? Nah, I'm not there. Again, again, I'll reiterate, and you guys will remember, I wasn't a big fanboy of Zach. I supported it. I'm good. You know, I didn't hate him or anything. But uh, here he is, right? He's shown us some serious flashes, right? He's got elite escapability. I mean, he ended up making it ridiculous escapability. We ran, you know, 24 mm-hmm. yards backwards. Uh, so something's wrong, man. No, no quarterback runs 24 yards backwards. Like something's wrong, right? So uh, I'm, I'm of the thought that 
he's under contract. He's more expensive to cut than keep. He's got more skills than most of these quarterbacks you're going to find in the mid to late rounds that you're going to quote develop. Like he's mm. got more than those guys. Let's be real. He's got a stronger arm. You know, when he's on, he's got more than them. Let him let him take the roster spot. Let him let him you know an uh, an established and successful quarterback developer Nathaniel Hackett come in here and um you know and behind a guy that happens to like Zach Wilson they're they're actually friends they talk mm-hmm. let, let him let him have the year dude because if you're going to develop some what's the what's the hope with a developmental quarterback that that he has the skills to develop that you can develop him into the into the role where he can contribute to the team we already know Zach can contribute he's got the yips it's very hard to undo and they might fail but I firmly support doing it. I just hate having him as our number two. That's where I disagree. I think if you really want to develop him, push him back to three. Don't even let him go. Mm. Oh my God! I hope they don't call me in there. Oh my God, he's hurt. Oh my God! You know, well, if that team. if that's happening, you got to pull the not pull the plug, but you got you got to like really shelve him. I hope that's not where he's yeah, at. I mean, he's probably not showing that. He's probably going, I'm good, I'm good. But in his head, he's like, oh, no, oh, no, don't hit it to me. Don't hit it to me. You remember that Adam Sandler skit? He's like, uh-huh. all right, this kind of sucks. And then he hits it. He's like, oh, my God, please don't hit it to me. Please don't hit it to me. Remember that one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I never saw the skit, but I, I can I can see Adam Sandler doing that. Matt, how do you feel about the uh, Zach Wilson taking up a roster spot for us? Uh I don't think it's worth it to just a move on for him for nothing or take some like Mickey Mouse trade package to get him just mm-hmm. get him off the roster. I think you're better off redshirting him like Greenbean was saying. Uh, I think getting another veteran in here, sorry Chris Stevler, someone who could throw the ball uh, would be beneficial as a backup and just like really try to make this work with Zach, but we'll see. So I don't know if it's been reported anywhere, but I, I do know someone within the uh, the walls uh, of One Jet Drive that was telling me that the Zach and Rogers have been in contact, and Rogers is trying to get Zach to, I guess, do his Jets West camp again and have the receivers out there. I, I love that. I love that him and Rogers have been talking. I think that that just sort of wants me to hold on to the the hope of Rodgers regardless of how long this trade winds up taking like if it has to go all the way to week one like honestly we had Zach Wilson Joe Flacco and Mike White last year I'm sure Aaron Rodgers with no practice whatsoever coming into an offense he knows with some receivers that he does know would still at the very least perform better than what we got out of all our quarterbacks last year. And so what if it takes half a season for him to start clicking? We lean on Brees Hall and all those other guys. Um, but yeah, just a uh, you know, l- little nugget that I heard throughout there. So I'm, I'm happy to hear Zach and, and uh, Aaron are at least conversating. Uh, the main catch says, way to go, Teen Bean. And then Randy Ooh. drops in and says, shout out to Teen Green Bean. Love it. Got to make sure, I guess you don't cover your beans, but you got to be careful with your beans. Maybe not at that age. That age, you got a little bit of time. That's right. You got to take care of the beans. (laughs) (laughs) Keith Keith drops in and says, Becton, good God, looks like a stud. All pro incoming. Dude, Becton is putting in a ton, 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 ton 
of of work and he looks like he's excited and he's he's like enthusiastic like this seems far more motivated than i've seen him in the last little bit here and i think it's probably because he has that looming fifth year option he's hoping that we're going to exercise that option um but yeah dude i i hope becton is our our left tackle of the future or just a tackle of the future it doesn't have to be left tackle i'm sure right tackle is fine too but um i i don't i'm i'm still torn as to what they do with the fifth year option. Like if there's a situation where maybe they don't take the tackle at 13, then maybe they're leaning more so with exercising the option. But I just don't know how you could possibly do that. I, I can't feel comfortable relying on Becton, regardless of how good he looks right now. Matt, do you kind of feel the same way as far as, you know, Becton looks great right now, but is it ma- really making you want to rely on him? No, not at all. I'm I'm extremely happy for him, and I hope for all the best. I hope he gets a starting opportunity. I hope he stays healthy. But the reality is, he hasn't played, man. Like I'm glad I'm glad mm-hmm. he's in great shape. But even if he is healthy, what's the rust going to be look like? You know, he hasn't played mm-hmm. in a game in years, so it's it's incredibly risky to say like, oh yeah, that's left tackle one. We don't have to worry about anything. I, I don't mm-hmm. buy that. Guys, it is 9.30. We're whizzing right along here tonight. For every 25 likes we get on this video, we're going to pick a t-shirt qualifier for our t-shirt giveaway at the end of this stream. And all you got to do is hit that little like button, or as Green Bean says, milk thumbs. Hit that like button. <laughs> I love that. I got to create a milk thumbs like uh, animation or something like that. I don't know I don't know how you yeah. do it, but I'll, I'll figure out something. OG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to got to do it. Uh, but yeah, guys, hit that like button. We got like 760 people in here and we don't even have 300 likes. So if you enjoy like what we're talking about, if you, you know, you're passively listening, just give a little boop. We'd love it. We'd absolutely love it. It's the easiest, it's the easiest thing you can do in the world. There's nothing easier. Doesn't cost you anything except hey, a little. Ah, see, look, Green Bean's a qualifier. Look at that guy. He's amazing. Yay. Citybert drops in and says, no matter what happens with Aaron Rodgers, remember we had our best years after Favre left uh, with back-to-back AFC championship, AFC championship games. Crazy to think about that looking back. Yes, Citybert, imagine if you had Favre instead of Sanchez for those two years. That first Sanchez year, the Jets probably win a Super Bowl the way Favre absolutely went off. Now, maybe he doesn't have the same type of juice that he did by going, you know, to Minnesota and going against the Vikings and that, that Minnesota team was loaded. But I, I'm for all the people that are saying like, Oh yeah, I'm, I don't want to duplicate the Favre experiment. Remember how that went? Like I do remember how it went. And just like city Burt said, we went to back-to-back AFC championship games. And I think Rogers is 10 times the quarterback that Brett Favre is right now. I really do. Green bean. How you feeling about, you know, obviously we, we went to two back-to-back championship games with far uh, after Favre. Are you feeling it might be uh, something similar here or something along those lines? Yeah. All right. Well, let me break this down for a second. Humor me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sure. Now, yeah, go for it. I'm going to use this. Now, number one, I agree with what was just mm-hmm. said. Could you imagine having Brett Favre, the Brett Favre that was in Minnesota with our team, with oh, that team? Okay. Filthy. It's like we rule the NFL, dude. Rule it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, Here's the, here's why Joe Douglas is a better general manager than the last general manager that was worth a shit, which is Mike Tannenbaum, right? Now, Mike Tannenbaum was an accountant, but this is the thing. Mike Tannenbaum 
traded for Brett Favre. You got a good trade, got him for a fourth, which was chump change, right? Nice. Well done. Mm. But then he lets Chad Pennington go. What does mm. Chad Pennington do? He goes to the Miami Dolphins, wins the division, okay? Beats mm. us, wins the division. Then Brett Favre tears his bicep and the whole thing. What does he do? He lets him go. He goes mm -hmm. to the Vikings, goes to the NFC Championship game and, and everything else. So Tannenbaum didn't know how to get value, right? He didn't, he didn't know how to do that. He's like, ah, well, Chad's a good dude and that guy, you know, whatever. I like him. And he does that. He did the same thing with Mark Sanchez. When, when he went for Peyton Manning, when Peyton Manning did his little tour, when, he, when yep. the Colts let him go. He asked to meet with Peyton Manning. It got public, and Peyton Manning said, mm, no, I don't want to go to the Jets. So then Tannenbaum, what did he do two weeks later? Anybody remember? He gave Monster Mark Sanchez contract. a completely unnecessary extension for no reason. He just gave him more money because why? He felt bad for him. He and mm. Mark was insulted. So he, he, he gave him an unnecessary extension, which, by the way, a couple of years later was a burden to us. Okay, That's what Idzik had to clean that, by the way. Um, but so anyway, this is this is one of those examples where, yes, if, if we just kept him, there was no reason to let him go. No reason to let Favre go. He was under contract with us. All we had to do is say, no, you stay here. And or if you retire, uh, whatever the whole thing, then uh, then we get picks or whatever. He didn't do that. Same thing with 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 Pennington. He should have sent them to the Seahawks. You know what I mean? Something like that. He could have got a fifth for him. Who cares? Get something and get him the hell out of the division. This is mm -hmm. one of the things when 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 you look at a real GM, they know how to navigate through that stuff. They can see what's coming. They can see value. And Joe Douglas does that. So it's another example, another opportunity for us to look at just how mismanaged this team was and how we've had to pay the price and eat the shit sandwich that our that our general managers make when Joe Douglas, you look at Elijah Moore, he doesn't want to be here, blah, 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 yeah, bust, 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 yeah, well, okay, well, I'll let me get a third for him. Instead of letting him stay here and pollute the water or just letting him go, no, he flipped him for a pick that's now pick 42 that he's going to use to get a four-time MVP quarterback. Andy Rodriguez drops in, says, for what it's worth, Woody posted a Huff highlight tweet today. I did not know that. Let's let's see which one he posted over there. Mr. Woody the, Johnson. The sack or the forced fumble on Allen. Oh, so good. So good. Oh, yeah, there it is. Oh, yeah. So the uh, I guess the uh, the rationale for for Huff only being the situational pass rusher is just he he goes so wide so fast that it's easy on those like running downs to just, you know, hand it inside, go in between the guard and tackle and, you know, you've got a, a first down or, you know, you got like an opening there because he's he's so fast and quick around the edge. Um, but yeah, dude, I love, I love me some Huff. We'd love to see him stay. Uh, the big fellas comes in, says Gase was co-tight 2.0. I see a big need at middle linebacker. Nasser Dean is not adequate depth for Mosley. Excited to see Chuck Clark not against Nolan Smith at 13. Yeah. Nolan Smith is like one of those guys that I like, I feel like I fall for like a Georgia player each year. Last year it was, <laughs> it was Pickens and, and N'Kobe Dean. But uh, Nolan Smith is definitely up there for me. I just don't know how he fits in because I, I, I just don't see him in like the Mosley role. I, I don't. And Matt, I saw you kind of shake your head a little bit. What's your uh, your thoughts? Hey, Jake Asman's in the chat. <laughs> he hey. says, hey. he says, hello, FM. 
we meet again. <laughs> oh, that's so good. <laughs> For those of you that don't know, Jake Asman has banned FM to the Shadow For Realm. Life. For life. <laughs> For life. Oh, that's I love so it. I absolutely love it. Very funny. Good to have you in here, Jake. Uh, but yeah, let me uh, let me scroll back up to that. So, what do you, Matt? What do you? How do you feel about Nolan Smith? Scares the shit out of me, man. Have, did you see his spider chart? It is. I the didn't. Most... See, oh, now I got to pull it up. It, it, it's like small, it. right? It, it's a size it, thing. It, it's insane. Like let's ten yards split, right. forty. Yeah, want me to send the link in the uh, I, guest chat here over here? Does that help you? I at could, all? Yeah, if you if you got it, I could. I could try to look at it, it up too. I don't want to do it injustice by talking about how crazy it is. I think we need to visually see this because it is the most bizarre thing I've ever seen <laughs> in all my all right. years of doing draft content. Wow. Oh, I have seen this. I did. I looked at this the other day. <laughs> now that I see it, I, I didn't realize it's that was insane. Him. Let me hold on. Let me let me pull it up. Uh, give me just a second. Okay. Where's my little. Uh, okay, well, this one's just me for some reason, so sorry. I'll <laughs> I'll add you guys in just a second, but let me pull this up. Google Chrome, Nolan Smith, and then boom, green bean sitting behind me. <laughs> Look at this spider hey. chart. <laughs> it's insane. Look at that. That's the most absurd spider chart I've ever seen. Very undersized, um, great oh athleticism. <laughs> I, yeah, <laughs> I've never seen anything like this. No, I don't know. Like I can't what he's good take at. that. What he's good I can't at, though, take. Huh? I know, but I can't take that in the top fifteen and be like, okay, I'm willing to take the risk on a crazy small outlier. Um, That's in fair. Size. But athleticism, insane athleticism. But size is such a crazy outlier. He, he could turn out great, but that is a massive boomer bust player that I am not personally willing to take the swing on at 13. Dude, I definitely didn't realize it was that drastic. I don't think you can take that type of swing. It's almost like it's the same sort of swing to an extent that I, I said with the Panthers trading up to one. It's like you, you don't jump up for the five foot ten, you know, uh, Bryce Young, you're going up there for a Stroud or a, an Anthony Richardson. You're going more on like the stereotypical metrics and you're hoping for the projected upside. When you have such drastically low percentiles in height, weight, arm length, hand size, like there's a reason why those guys are not necessarily panning out in the NFL. And that is certainly concerning because look, I. 10-yard split, 40-yard dash, vertical jump, broad jump. That's me. I When I in high school, I could have aced, like, all those. But I'm, <laughs> I'm not a good football player. Greenman, how are you feeling about this spider chart here? It's a great point, dude. Right? Like, this is the thing. Like, obviously, athleticism is vitally important, right? We're not going to minimize it. And look at what he does. I mean, it's it's madness, okay? This is the funniest <laughs> thing I've seen in, in a long time. Um Vertical jump, that's great. How many times does he need to? I mean, we know what the vertical, we know what the jumps mean, right? We we know the broad jump, we know what it means. It's it's lower body strength and all that. We know it. But how often are you going to need to jump fucking ten feet in the NFL, right? So we we know that that's like a all right ten yard split. That's great. All right, he can cover short distances very very quick. That's very applicable. Forty yard dash, of course, as in the linebacker position, is very applicable. Uh, and again, lower body strength, which is the vertical um, and the broad jump. 
is very applicable. But other things like arm length, height, weight, <laughs> and hand size are very, very important. Okay, he has um, none. It's almost as if he's got little tiny baby hands or something like that. I never. Seen <laughs> he's he's got the guy that holds the whopper in that commercial. It's, I, my yes, hands are too sir, little uh, to hold a whopper. <laughs> what, what was the um, Deadpool? Remember when he got his arm chopped off and he was rubbing the yep. lady? Fucking <laughs> yeah. Nolan Smith. Now he's running around. But it's like, I don't know. Look, every year there's a guy who blows the doors off the combine, right? And it's not to mm-hmm. say that those guys can't, uh, you know, end up in the NFL and they, and they can't translate, right? That's not what we're saying. Mm-hmm. But there are guys who blow the doors off the combine with athleticism. They get, there's always a team that goes, wow, and they trade up to get him, you know, and then he sucks. And that's just it, you know, and that's like Nolan Smith is this year's version of that. Now, again, I'm not saying mm. he's not going to pick that nailed it. I have a big problem using the 13th overall pick on mm. that part right there. That's correct. It. Well, that and especially because you you assume the four quarterbacks are going in front of you. There's a real good shot. Two corners go in front of you. So now you're talking six players at positions you don't necessarily give a hoot about. And now if six players go in front of you, that's that's a top seven player, and you're going to yeah. risk it on this kind of metrics. I, I don't think you could make it at pick thirteen. No, I, I think I'm I'm in agreement with you guys here. That's crazy. I didn't realize it was that <laughs> that drastic. That's pretty funny. Pick seventy four. All right, seventy four. D- totally different conversation. But wasn't Nolan right. Smith talked about as like a top ten pick at one point, like prior to his injury? Like I could have sworn that's what they were talking about at one point, or like early, early first. But I'm not even. I don't even think I saw him in the most recent uh, tankathon top, like f- first round. Let me see. He's gonna. Go, be... Someone's gonna take the upside in the athleticism. And and again, I I understand it. I I get it. That that size, that edge, and he was hurt last year. Like, does injuries not also play a factor, or size not play a factor in injury? Like, he's not gonna be able to just run around everyone. At the next so, level, I I don't know. Scared so me. Tankathon has him going twenty four to the Jaguars right now. Okay. Um, I guess I guess tail end of the first round. That's where yeah, you start taking know, swings on guys, right? It makes more sense. It does. And no, I don't many... think the Jaguars will do that. The Jaguars have needs. Um, they're better, but I don't think they're going to do that. But that makes a ton more sense. You know, it's funny. Like, so we did this already. We 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 mm. did a swing at a guy similar to this. That's Darren Lee. Now, Darren oh, yeah. Lee had uh, he had the broad jump, he had the vertical, he had all that stuff, but he had a dude, he had significantly better. I mean, I mean he, his hands were clearly bigger than fucking mm-hmm. Nolan Smith. I never seen anything like it. <laughs> Little but, baby uh, hands. But Darren Lee had the the weight and the height like really low, like 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 a bottom five percentile kind of thing. Um, and um, you know, he he was technically weak, like with uh, you know the upper body had super you know really good lower body, but it was his speed and athleticism that we fell in love with, with Darren Lee. And we called him potentially the best coverage linebacker. You know what that means? He can't play linebacker. And then, and we saw it. He had mediocre years with tons of, quote, upside, and he never panned out. Gase traded him the second uh, Mike McCagan was fired. He took his first-round pick and traded him for a sixth. A year later, he was cut from the Chiefs, and he's been out of the NFL since. That's what we're looking at with Nolan Smith, on, in my opinion. I hope it doesn't. Hey, I'm, hey I hope he changes, you know, and is able to flip that and make good. We've seen this a thousand times. 
Uh, Big Fella drops in with a follow-up to his question. He says, but you're comparing him to an edge with Smith's athleticism. He can be Quan's replacement. So Matt, do do you feel similarly about that? Like maybe not on the edge side of things. Maybe this is, uh, because this is measurables, percentiles versus edge defenders. Not... Sure, but yeah. but I think what he's saying is he might be able to transition okay. so, to like a Quan esque role. The but I don't know if you want to necessarily use a thirteen overall pick on a guy yes. to switch you want, switch positions. He's a top fifteen pick and then changes position. Come on, <laughs> yeah. what are we doing? I know. What are we talking about? Right. Well said, Matt. Right. Fair that's, enough. That's what we want to do. Hey, this quarterback, I really think he'd be a good defensive. End. <laughs> <laughs> see, I, I see, I see where Big Fella's going, I, but I understand. Oh, I think at, at pick thirteen, it's it's tough to move a guy to a different position at that point. Uh, Matthew Lakers comes in and says Hendon Hooker if he's there in the third or fourth. So the Jets would have to either trade down or somehow acquire another third. But I would say no. I'm not. Uh, I'm not taking any quarterback. Definitely not this draft. Maybe you convince me next draft, like in the mid to late rounds. But yeah, I'm a uh, I'm a no go on Hendon Hooker. Matt, your thoughts? I've been no go for a long time, and now people are talking about him going in the first. Absolutely freaking not. No, no, thank you. Ooh, ooh, green bean, Hendon Hooker. Yes or no? No. <laughs> Jet Strong comes in with super chat. Says Hackett, a real offensive coordinator, will fix Zach easily and also incorporate his skills into the game plan. Yeah, I do agree. I think there's a a large difference between. Nathaniel Hackett calling plays and running an offense versus first-time offensive coordinator Mike LaFleur doing that. We saw how many players like just appear to have great physical gifts and great talents that were put in a box and told, hey, you have to try and fit this little very specific thing that we're doing because my offense works. Like I think hearing Jamal Williams and Aaron Rodgers and all these guys talk about the fun that Nathaniel Hackett provides to the offense. I completely agree. I do think Zach is going to look better under Hackett. I think it'll make fans feel a lot better. Like if, if Zach, if let's say Rodgers doesn't play in the preseason, like it doesn't seem like he may have to at all, but let's say he doesn't play in the preseason and Zach starts to look really good in the preseason. You're like, Oh wow. Okay. This is like, now we're starting to feel kind of confident. That's going to make us feel real good. Real good. Remember, we got a year in this system to kind of see how it all pans out. Greenbean, what are your thoughts on uh, Hackett making Zach look better? What Hackett and Zach? Yeah, I think it's mm-hmm. going to be great. I, I think. I mean, look, we all we've talked about this a couple times, and by a couple, I mean over a hundred times to, uh, since um, you know this regime was brought in, but. We know that the passing of Greg Knapp left this organization mm-hmm. in a lurch, right? We had Greg Knapp. Greg Knapp was responsible for Zach Wilson. Steve Young, mm-hmm. Peyton Manning, they all came out and said, dude, Zach Wilson could not be in better hands than Greg mm-hmm. Knapp. He's the man, all right? He died, and we were left with first-time quarterback coach Rob Calabrese, first-time offensive coordinator Mike LaFleur, and a big fat offensive line coach who had a lot of problems to deal with, right? So that's what we had. And uh, and it didn't work, man. They tried to bring in Kavanaugh. That was good. He settled Zach down the second half of the season. Clearly him and LaFleur weren't getting along by the comment. We needed less voices in the room. Okay. Uh, that's a nice way to say him and LaFleur hated each other. 
So Kavanaugh was gone. And we saw it, man. We, you know, we saw what happened. So I would say a lot of, not a lot of like, you know, look, LaFleur didn't throw three yard dirt balls, right? Zach did that. But at the same time, LaFleur didn't know how to take that, catch it before it becomes systemic and, and correct it. He didn't know how to do that. He was too busy working on the schemes and all the, and Elijah Moore was, was banging on his door yelling, you suck. And he had to do with all that shit. You know? So he couldn't focus on it. And Calabrese is like, dude, I'm a quality coach. I don't even know what the hell's going on. You know what I mean? So this is what we were dealing with. The fact that they pushed those guys out and they're bringing in experienced guys, I think is best case scenario for Zach. Will it work? Time will tell. I think it's got a legitimate shot. And I think Hackett's the guy to do it. Mr. Downtown says, Greenbean, when do you stop count or when does when do free agents stop counting towards comp picks? Um, I don't it does it? I don't know if it Yes, does until yeah. like the uh, training on. camp. It's May, um, I think it's May twenty third, maybe. But hold on, let me look. Um, oh, interesting. Uh, so if it's May twenty third, that means the Jets could wait to sign some of these free agents that do want to come over with Rogers until that point. There's really no rush. That could be part of the reason why the Jets are like, "Hey, we're cool with waiting on this whole Rogers deal." I think. I think part of why Douglas and Sal are waiting are be or not are is because of that sixty million dollar bonus. And if the Packers renegotiate it after June 1st and then they trade him, that bonus is going to accelerate to hit their cap. Uh, so maybe it's like $10 million, $20 million that we're trying to get the Packers to eat, and they can do it after that that point. But the, the comp pick formula and when that you know stops is very interesting. Did you find that, Greenbean? I, I, I should have wrote this down. I'm really sorry. I'll, I'll get you the answer, Ryan, and you guys can keep talking. I'll, I'll get yeah, you yeah. the answer. All good, all good. If someone in the chat knows it too, you guys can throw it out there. J.D. Grant comes in with a super chat. Thank you, dude. He says, you don't defend your first round pick that hard to take a flyer with it. You don't defend your first round pick that hard to take a flyer with it. I'm not sure. I think you're talking about Nolan Smith or are you talking about Zach Wilson? I think I'm a little little perplexed, J.D. Uh, if you're saying... Don't defend your first round pick that hard. Um, JD, let me uh, follow that up. Oh, he's talking about Smith. He's yeah, he, no, he's talking about oh, Nolan yes. Smith. Oh, okay. okay. Then yes, agree. Yes. So yeah, you, you you don't defend your yeah. No, I don't. I don't think you'd take a flyer on someone with the metrics that he has. I I agree, JD. I think that makes makes a lot of sense. Uh, Gilbert Gonzalez drops in. He had one of those little down arrows pointing. Thank you so much. Uh, I wish it like allowed me to show that on the on the screen here but i didn't see uh, another comment associated with it so i'm just gonna say thank you and uh if i see something let me see if i'll scroll up see if i could find anything i don't see anything all right so thank you all the same uh we have reached the end of our show here uh we've got just four yeah four minutes left oh green bean did you uh did you happen to Write down super chat names by chance. I did, but uh, give me, I need, I need two more minutes. I'm sorry. Oh no, you, you take your time. Boys and girls, you can hit that like button for every 25 likes. We're going to pick a qualifier for our t-shirt giveaway that we're going to be doing in just like uh, two minutes time. So make sure you hit that like button. You might get qualified. Then I'll send you out a shirt. Not to mention we got 700 people in here and we only, we don't even have 400 likes. A little bit of a kick in the pants. Milk thumbs. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think, uh, like when I when I hear milk thumbs, I'm thinking like chest or cow, like, and I was like, I don't want to see the down milk thumbs. I want I want the happy milk thumbs. Right. 
I, the sound does it for me when you start that that <laughs> like I'm 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 gonna fall out of my chair. <laughs> All right, there it is. <laughs> oh, it's amazing! It's amazing. All right, I need. Let me see. One, two, three, three hundred. Hold on, three. Okay, I, it's so crazy because I'm on so on top of this, but now I need. I need. I, I got to get four more. So hold on. So we're at. We need sixteen total, if my math is correct. Yeah, four times four is sixteen. I had to do that with my head, <laughs> my, my my brain math. You're good like that. I don't know. I didn't. Rules. I didn't have no. the the calculator here. I was like, oh, geez. counting on my fingers. I'm like, I, I I have my shoes off right now. I'm using my toes. <laughs> it's a whole mess over here. They're not painted yet. They might be painted at some point. Oh, by the way, boys and girls, if you are a member of the channel. Uh, at 10.30 tonight, I'll be doing my 10 o'clock mock for members only. We're going to be doing a mock draft surrounding the Jets draft class now that Elijah Moore has been moved. Last week, we did the Aaron Rodgers trade and what we thought you know that would be worth. But we'll have uh, a little bit of a conversation after this stream, and we'll uh, do some member mock draft action. It was fun last time, last week. So if you guys want to be a part of that, don't forget that I just posted the uh, the link to the actual stream before this came on i forgot to post it before that but and for all non-members yes i'm a glutton for punishment and i'm exhausted and haven't slept in days but i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it <laughs> yes <laughs> there it is green bean the after hours jet love pass. It. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right i need one more hold on here we're gonna do it we're gonna go for it. it oh no matt disappeared where'd he go Oh, he's coming back. Oh, there he is. No thumbs, Mac. There he goes. He did it again. What the hell is this I, shit? Matt is back. Back <laughs> again. Matt is back. Matt is back. Tell Hello, a friend. friend. Matt is back. Matt is back. Matt is back. <laughs> Just get the whole... The, yeah. Wait, Greenby, uh, let's see if we can do it at the same time. Oh, wait. Hey, hold wrong. on. I, I got to get over to the thing. What are you doing? Oh, yeah. I'm trying to sync it up. It's not working. <laughs> Bobblehead beam. I'm lagging. I'm lagging. It's, there's, I can't get it to sync. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, Jesus right, Christmas. I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm uh, good. I'm ready to go. All right. Ready to go. Do we want to do a number? How many How many names you got there? Like, what, what are we trying to do? Odds or evens? We're trying to do some. Uh, oh, you know what? I need one more because they, 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 they just passed 25. Hold on. All right. Let's see who the last qualifier is. This is it. Ooh, Let's see okay. who it is. I hope it's Green Bean. Paris. Paris, oh, you're the yeah. final qualifier. All Paris right. How many uh how many qualifiers we got total? Let's do let's do a little random number action. I kind of like this so that way everyone can see it. I do too. Wait. 17. 17. 17. That that feels wrong. There's no way. No. It, 425 it is. What? 400 is 16. 425 yep. is 17, dude. Did you write down the super chats that we we asked? No. Oh, I, I sorry. I asked you before. I was like, oh, you got oh, all I the super chats too? That. And he's like, I'm oh, sorry, yeah, I got no. it all. <laughs> all right. Oh, so hold on. Let me go. I didn't hear that. I didn't hear that. It's, it's, all, it's all good. One, two. Uh, I'm going to put Justin crazy in there four times because he, he right. threw in a $100 super chat. Um, right. So let's say Ooh, one, two, ballot for Justin. six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, 
16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31. All right, so we got 31 from there plus 17. So 1 through 17 will be the list that Green Bean has. And then 18 through, what is that math? 48 yeah, will be right, from my so list over here. So and and then eight, you'll, Yeah, and then 18 you'll and over will be from my list that I have over here. 1 through 17 will be on your list from the live chat. Um, so here we go. Uh, random number. Oh, 37. All right, so what was it? 48. So I go back. 48. 47, 46, 45, 44, 43, 42, 41, 40, hold on, 40, 39, 38, I think that's 37, yeah, we got Keith uh, Burn, Burntsen, Keith Burnson. reach out to me on social media, you get a, uh, yeah, re reach out to me on, uh, what is it called, uh, jetstalk247 at gmail.com. So, Keith, you're going to be our T-shirt winner tonight. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Much, much, much appreciated. Uh, but let's uh, let's go around our panel. Let's give our closing thoughts here. And uh, Greenbean, any last thoughts for our panel tonight? Yeah. All right. All non-members. Uh, you know, I'm, uh, obviously, all members should attend the ten o'clock mock. But all non-members, if you're feeling lonely, come on over to Greenbean Jets fan at ten thirty. We're going to hang out and talk about. Uh, sugar plums. <laughs> Matt, any last words for our panel? New episode of Just Jets drops tomorrow. We're laughing at Packers fans who thought they were getting a first round pick. I also there's two rants in me in this episode, so uh, make sure to check it out. I absolutely love it, boys and girls. Remember, ten o'clock mock happening at ten thirty. Members only, exclusive. We're going into the Jets. Mock draft post Elijah Moore trade. Make sure you're there or B square. This is Jets Talk signing off. J E T S. I think every single person in this locker room is a competitor at the highest level. So, yeah, when you feel as if your back's against the wall, you never have to feel like you got to do it by yourself. Under pressure, sacked by Quentin Williams. Got it. You look to your left and your right, you got guys out there with you that, that our whole point is to help each other. This one to Mims. That's Corey Davis climbing the ladder. To be able to go out and, and lead these guys, just to know how hard these guys work and how important it is to them, and then you get that chance to, to lead them. Everything that happened that needed to happen for us, it almost felt like kind of like a sign, like, Give it like a second chance almost. Gets extra pushes, running left. Maybe a little extra life breathing in the locker. Touchdown, Jets!